Welcome to the AJHP podcast series. The American Journal of Health System Pharmacy is the official journal of the American Society of Health System Pharmacists, an association of pharmacists committed to helping patients make the best use of medications. For more information about AJHP, please visit www.ajhp.org. This is William Zelmer, a contributing editor of the American Journal of Health System Pharmacy, speaking today with an author of an AJHP paper entitled Implementation of a Hypertension Clinic Using a Streamlined Treatment Algorithm. I'm speaking with the primary author of this paper, Dr. Heather Olivier, who is clinical assistant professor at the College of Pharmacy, Xavier University of Louisiana, New Orleans. Heather, let's begin by having you give our listeners some background on where this project was started, uh, currently ongoing, of course, at the interim Louisiana State University Public Hospital. Tell us a bit about that institution. Yes. Well, the interim Louisiana State University Public Hospital is our interim charity hospital, so to speak. Whenever Hurricane Katrina happened, of course, most people know now, Charity Hospital had to shut down. It's just not a functioning building right now. There's been debates on whether or not they're going to try to reopen it or build a new one. And we are actually in the process now of clearing LA and to start building a new Charity Hospital system. So mm-hmm. all the patients who would normally be seen at the Charity Hospital now go to what is called the Interim Louisiana State University Public Hospital sometimes termed the Medical Center of Louisiana at New Orleans. It's bounced back and forth between a few different names. Um, And it's basically one of the state hospitals in Louisiana. We have other public hospitals in other cities. I think there's like seven to 10 LSU public hospitals that all function under the same system. So it's basically our charity hospital until we can rebuild a new system. So is the what's called the interim Louisiana State University Public Hospital a single facility, or is it a network of facilities and clinics? Uh, perhaps this, you can elaborate um, along that line. Right. So it is a public hospital that sees mainly indigent patients. It's a pretty large facility. I'm not exactly sure how many beds, but it also has public clinics associated with it. There are a number of clinics from general medicine, there's stroke and heart attack prevention clinic. There's our hypertension bridge clinic. There's a weight loss clinic, Coumadin clinic. There's a neurology clinic. There's tons of clinics associated with the interim Louisiana State Public Hospital, which I'll refer to as ILH from here on out. So yes, it is a system if you want to look at it in that sense. In that, it is a hospital that sees you know emergent situations and for acute care. There's surgical ICU, a medical ICU. Um, it's a trauma. I think I may be correct in saying level one. I'm not 100% sure. And there are the ambulatory clinics associated with it as well. Well, you're with the College of Pharmacy at Xavier University. What is the connection between Xavier and ILH? Xavier University College of Pharmacy, being an independent academic institution, not affiliated with a particular hospital. Um, I know some colleges of pharmacies are associated with hospitals. Since we don't have that association, Xavier has partnered with institutions in the city, ILH being one of them. 
So Xavier has a number of faculty members that serve as clinical pharmacists at ILH, as well as at their clinics, along with other hospitals and public clinics in the city. So the relationship stems from the partnership that Xavier has with ILH. For me, it comes in in that Xavier and the Louisiana State University Health Science Center have a joint pharmacy residency program, a postgraduate year one pharmacy practice residency. And I participated in this program, and in my residency project was the initiation of this bridge clinic. Okay, very good. I guess uh, something that our listeners need to uh, understand before we proceed with getting into some details of your project is this concept of a streamlined treatment algorithm for hypertension. Could you comment on that, please? Yes, definitely. So in developing my residency project, I was really struggling with what I wanted to do. And the director of pharmacy at the time introduced me to this concept, the STITCH algorithm, which is developed in Canada. And what it is, is it's a simplified treatment intervention to control hypertension, STITCH, S-T-I-T-C-H, algorithm. These researchers did a study to determine if a simplified treatment algorithm would allow for better blood pressure control as opposed to traditional treatment guidelines, which for them is called CHEP, the Canadian Hypertension Education Program. And when they did the study, they found that the simplified algorithm led to better treatment control. They hypothesized that this is because physicians are able to follow a more streamlined approach in treating the hypertension as opposed to using what they say is complicated treatment algorithms in their CHEP guidelines. So Mm -hmm. we have many patients who report to our emergency department and even our urgent care clinics as means of primary care. And in order to eliminate this and at the same time eliminate the disparity of uncontrolled hypertension, we decided that maybe we could start this hypertension bridge clinic so that patients who come to the emergency department with elevated blood pressures can, one, get treatment, and two, have someone to follow them so that they don't continuously have to go back to the emergency department or the urgent care clinic to get their treatment. So it's sort of a in-between. They go to the emergency department, their blood pressure is elevated, the physician initiates the treatment on the first step of the algorithm, and then they refer them to us, and we manage them until they can be seen in one of the other medical clinics. Okay. So as I understand it, Heather, you were one of the key persons in establishing this clinic, and I'm sure there was a very involved approval process that you had to go through to get this started. Could you comment on that a bit? Yes. The process initially I thought was going to be a lot more difficult than what it was. I had one thing on my side, and that is that other clinics part of the LSU hospital system have already been initiated and have a good rapport. Um, There's Coumadin clinics that pharmacists run in multiple LSU hospital clinics. And so being that this was already accepted, all we had to do was make a modified approach for hypertension. Once we got the idea, we came up with a protocol and a treatment algorithm. We met with one of the physicians who is over the ambulatory care clinics at the ILH public hospital. We also met with a physician who's over the emergency department residence, and that was our integral team. We met weekly to discuss the protocol, to make changes to the protocol, to make changes to the algorithm, 
to educate the residents who are going to be involved in initiating treatment, as well as other physicians. The forms that we use are modified from other clinic referral forms so that we didn't have to make our own form that would have to go through a forms committee to get approved. All we had to do is modify those that were already being used and just add our clinic to the list. We educate the personnel that would be scheduling, so the schedulers at the hospital and at the clinics, so that they would be aware of the new clinic and, you know, the process of scheduling that. The planning probably started around September or October of 2009, and implementation started in January of 2010. Okay. Please describe for us some of the other fundamental operational details here. You said when it started... Maybe you could comment a bit more on this concept of a bridge clinic, commenting on patient flow from the emergency department or urgent care clinics into this hypertension clinic. That would be of great interest to us. Okay. Let's just give a scenario. If a patient comes to either the the emergency department or the urgent care clinic and their blood pressure is elevated, elevated mean greater than 140 systolic and greater than 90 diastolic, a lot of times physicians may think, you know, they're in the emergency department, they may be stressed, anxiety, they might be in pain, so the hypertension goes untreated. Based on the studies and the research that we did, we found that more times than not, it is true hypertension and not just attributed to white coat or to pain. So we want to combat this problem by starting treatment early. So once the patient comes in and they're seen by the physician in the emergency department or urgent care clinic, They are started on the first step of the algorithm by the physician in the hospital or the urgent care clinic, which for us was lisinopril and hydrochlorothiazide, low dose of both of these. If a patient had an ACE contraindication to lisinopril, the drug of choice was candesartan. So once the patient was started on this medication, they got a referral to our hypertension bridge clinic. Our goal was to see them the following one to two weeks. Once they came to our clinic, we reassessed them. They also had labs. Part of the referral process includes labs at baseline. So we would follow up with their labs the following week. If anything was emergent on their labs that needed to be addressed immediately, then the ordering physician would be the one who was contacted. We rarely had that problem. So once the patient came to our clinic, we would reassess their blood pressure, review their labs, and make sure everything was at goal. And if not, then we would adjust their medications based on the algorithm, which would be to slowly titrate up until we reach the maximum dose of that combination. Um, Anytime we changed a patient's therapy, we would follow up in two weeks. If we didn't have to make a change to the patient's therapy, we would see them again in four weeks. And we did this until a patient could be followed in the general medicine clinic. If it was found that a patient had resistant hypertension or maybe renal issues that weren't known before, then we referred that patient to what we call the resistant hypertension clinic or the nephrology clinic. Any other disease states that are discovered while we are seeing these patients, if they are more complicated and beyond the scope of our hypertension bridge clinic, we refer them to that clinic and they begin to get followed in that clinic and they're discharged from our care. Mm-hmm. So when patients come to their appointments at this bridge clinic, it's a pharmacist whom they're seeing. Is that correct? Yes. So they and, come and check in at the check-in desk, as all other patients do. We get notified when they're there via the computer, so we go and we get the patients. At check-in, they also get their blood pressure checked by a nurse at triage. 
as a double check to get an accurate blood pressure, we do recheck once the patient comes back to be seen by the pharmacist. So we go over everything with the patient as far as their blood pressure, side effects for their medications that they may be experiencing, diet, are they smoking? You know, we ask a series of questions. And if we feel that the patient's blood pressure medications do need to be adjusted, we go and let our attending physician know this. Um, The attending physician was involved in the protocol development process. We let him know that we think that the blood pressure medications need to be adjusted, and this is what we would like to do. He actually has to sign off and print out the prescriptions because we do not have a collaborative practice agreement as of now. So we cannot just make the adjustments ourselves. We have to get the physician to approve it. The physician and I had a very good working relationship. He trusted my judgment. So if there was anything that he had doubts about, then he would come in and see the patient himself before he made any changes in their medications. Mm-hmm. Do you imagine that the pharmacist authority in this clinic may change over time, may evolve over time to be a bit more independent? Yeah, I do foresee that happening, um, hopefully. A collaborative practice agreement was the initial goal of this. Louisiana does allow collaborative practices for certain disease states. At this point, I'm not sure if hypertension is listed as one of those disease states. So it has to come from a legal standpoint as well as you know, just the idea of having a pharmacist be more autonomous in this clinic. We have to make sure that all the legal things are in place as well. Right. Uh, talk a bit about pharmacist staffing of this clinic. Are uh, all the pharmacists on the faculty at Xavier? So the pharmacist run clinic, the Hypertension Bridge Clinic, is only operable one day a week. It's on Thursdays. And there are two pharmacists now. When I started, it was just me. I was the only pharmacist there. Now there is another Xavier faculty member who runs it. She's a clinical assistant professor as well. And there's also um, a non-clinical pharmacist that is there to assist. And she is employed by the interim Louisiana State University Public Hospital System. The two of them are the ones who manage the clinic now. Mm-hmm. Are residents or students involved in this clinic? Pharmacy residents do rotate through the clinic, yes. In mm-hmm. that situation, it's just an extra hand that they get whenever the resident is rotating through the clinic. And the pharmacist through, that is employed through ILH and the pharmacist that's the, an assistant professor over at Xavier, they both get fourth-year pharmacy students to rotate with them. So whenever they do have their fourth-year pharmacy students on the advanced practice rotations, they get to partake in the clinic as well. What can you say about uh, how physicians and uh, health system administrators have reacted to this program going back to the time when it was created in early uh, 2010 to, to the present time? Initially, we got a little bit of pushback from some of the physicians about initiating this program, mainly because... A lot of physicians felt like it may be out of their scope slash comfort zone of initiating long-term chronic therapy in the emergency department as opposed to only handling the emergent issues. Once we explained to them more about the process and about the follow-up, they became more comfortable because they knew that these patients would not be discharged on these medications to no follow-up. Patients are only discharged with a 30-day supply. And the reason they get a 30-day supply is because, you know, if patients don't come to the clinic, at least they have a month's worth of medication. 
Um, ideally, they would follow up back with us in two weeks. The physicians felt more comfortable sending their patients to us because they knew that they would have someone to manage them and monitor them for side effects. The medical residents that I had to educate as far as the protocol was concerned were all really excited about it because mm -hmm. they felt like they saw a lot of uncontrolled hypertension when they were in the emergency department or urgent care clinics and felt the same way as the other physicians the, um, who are not residents. They felt that it would be better to have someone who was there to follow up and to monitor them. So we didn't get much resistance from them. So once all the physicians were educated and knew the procedures and were comfortable with the idea of having a stable follow-up for these patients, we didn't get much resistance at all after that. We, they were very willing, referring us and sending these patients to us. Mm -hmm. Well, it really sounds like an excellent program, and my compliments to you for the hard work you did in getting it started. I understand that your career has taken you in a somewhat different track now at Xavier. Could you comment on that? Yes. As I said earlier, this was my residency project as a pharmacy resident when I was um, at the Xavier University LSU Health System Science joint program from June of 2009 to the end of June of 2010. Upon accepting a position as faculty at Xavier in July 2010, I chose to take an internal medicine position as opposed to an ambulatory care position. And so I am no longer the managing pharmacist at the clinic. One of my colleagues slash faculty members here at Xavier is the managing pharmacist now. The transition was pretty smooth. She came to the clinic with me for a couple weeks before I transitioned out so that she could learn the protocol, learn the workflow, and see how things operated at the clinic. It's doing well. She probably sees about 36 patients a month. So in the clinic, is like I said, one day a week. So they average about eight to 10 patients a week. Um, and she's really enjoying it. She thinks that it's good. You know, the patients are pretty pretty reliable as far as showing up. We did have some issues in the beginning with patients actually making their clinic appointments, but she feels that things are getting better and that patients are showing up more now than they were at the beginning of the program. Hopefully that it does continue to grow and they do continue to get referrals and get to see more patients and get more patients under control as far as their hypertension and maybe eventually, you know, become more than a one-day-a-week clinic and possibly even become a collaborative practice agreement with the physicians at that clinic. Mm -hmm. Well, very good vision for your program. Heather, thank you so much for speaking with me. Uh, this is William Zelmer, AJHP contributing editor, speaking with Dr. Heather Olivier, who is the primary author of an AJHP paper entitled Implementation of a Hypertension Clinic Using a Streamlined Treatment Algorithm. That concludes this podcast. For more information, please visit www.ajhp.org.